Hey everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the TGL podcast. Your host Tyler Layfield here, uh, and today I'm going to be having my buddy Jordan Meadows on. Known him from since uh, high school. Um, I know that he's went on to go to college at Georgia State and major in economics. We're going to be discussing the uh, economic state of the U.S. Uh, to begin, and then going on to the future uh, of the UFC and everything that's going on with them uh, at the moment. With you know, with the cancellation of this past weekend's fights and everything. And then we're going to go from there um, and rank our top guys that we like in each weight class. And then along the lines um, to um, uh, the future guys that Jordan thinks will be sticking out in the future that you'll be hearing on ESPN or seeing on any really sports network that you, uh, that you tune into. And then from there, we're just going to have a little fun. So uh, without further ado, uh, here's my co-host today, Jordan Meadows. Jordan, introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Jordan Meadows. I am from Macon, Georgia. Um, lived there until I was about, let's see, until uh, about three years ago, actually. I moved up here to Atlanta. I uh, went to Georgia State University, like Tyler just said. Uh, majored in economics, minored in political science. Um, I've been interested in martial arts for about, let's see, since about 2009, actually. So it's been, it's been quite some time. But I've been training uh, mainly jiu-jitsu and a little bit of stand-up. But, uh, yeah, mainly Brazilian jiu-jitsu for about four or five years now, so. That's kind of where all, all this all this interest is coming from. Yeah, so you can see why I kind of have him on the this UFC podcast. It's actually something that he brought up to me to talk about. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm definitely not the guy to go to for all the UFC facts. So I got this guy on here today. He he knows a good bit about it. But uh, to start off with, I just kind of want to, you know, since you got that economics background, since you keep up with sure. the news, uh, you know, quite often, I want to just kind of. Um, see what you have to say about the, the current, you know, state, economic state of the U.S., what you kind of see going down. Like, um, is there anything that people should be kind of looking out for? Um, I know that right now you're working in the investment field, sort of, kind mm -hmm. of. Um, is there any kind of tips, hints you can kind of give out to people about, you know, what to be doing with the money right now, you know, in this state? Sure, yeah. Um, so what we're kind of looking at is basically just portfolio data. And um, so – uh, without giving away too much information, uh, I think it's fairly safe to assume that everybody's portfolio is kind of in the tank right now, you know, mm -hmm. um, simply because of, you know, coronavirus and everything that's going on and basically yeah. just financial and economic turmoil um, being pretty widespread. Uh, basically what, so at my company, uh, we're just basically a lot of the research guys, a lot of the business associates and guys like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, they're really just really uh, stressing the fact that we need to have a lot of money on hand. So a lot of money in savings instead of just investing, instead of spending, um, things like that. Right now, the, the best thing to do is just at least probably, I mean, if you can, uh, just save as much as you can, maybe like a, an extra month, you know, mm -hmm. of, uh, of bills, of expenses, of rent, you know, things like that. Um, definitely have that on hand. So put away as much as you can right now. Um, also the unemployment rate, uh, we're going to see a lot of, you know, maybe short-term unemployment, basically people getting laid off, furloughed, things like that. Um, and I know GDP is projected to be down this quarter. Yeah. It's supposed to be down like maybe 20% or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be not so long ago. Um, so it's going to be pretty, pretty intense. Um, but honestly, you know, if we're being objective, we were at a really good uh, spot before. Um, mm -hmm. So like last Q4 of last year um, was pretty astronomical. So we're kind of, we, we could have been in a worse spot if that makes sense. So yeah. things haven't gotten too, too out of hand as of now. But like mm -hmm. I said, there, you know, the unemployment is something to definitely look at. Um, and I'm just curious to see how, how people move forward once this all gets done. Um, I'm curious to see how quickly people are going to, you know, get back out to malls, get back out, you know, to buying just more things and consuming. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely see how the economy wants to, uh, how it tends to reset after this. It's going to be interesting. 
Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see, like you said, kind of what people do, how they react when this is all over. You know, what what will be kind of the lasting effects? Will people want to go out in crowds? Will people want to right. go to these entertainment venues? I, right. I myself think that, you know, once everything does, quote unquote, clear up, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think the movie theaters are going to get rushed. I think that the um, any real place that, you know, because, you know, yeah, I think that people aren't really able to go on dates to restaurants. Restaurants, I think if right. you can hang in, then – you know, there is, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel and that, you know, th- this won't last forever. And I think that there is a, a you yeah. know, a brighter end of this than what we're seeing right now. Um, but what, going back to what you said about saving money right now. So, so right now, are, are you talking about people saving that like uh, in liquid cash or kind of putting that in like a money market account? What, how are you, what would yeah, be your yeah. recommendation? Liquid cash for sure, because okay. that's where all the volatility is right now. I mean, an investment, when you're investing money, you, you, do kind of assume the baked in risk in there, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there is risk, even if you are kind of moderate in terms of your risk aversion or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just best to kind of avoid that if, if at all possible right now and not necessarily take out what you have because right. You've never no. lost anything legitimately until you put no. your money out. So exactly. everything's unrealized until you take your money out, but whatever money you were perhaps planning to invest, put that just in liquid savings right now, in liquid cash, um, okay. just to have it on hand because we don't know how long this can last. Yeah, kidding. I uh, actually kind of dabbled a little bit in the stock market uh, yeah. about three, four weeks ago. I, I bought a lot of stuff while it was low. So yeah. I, I figured that Not was kind low. of a smooth move, you know, so sure. I got me 100%. some yeah. Yeah, different stuff. I've already made a little little bit of money off of it, you know, not a lot, yeah. um, mainly investing like in oil kind of stuff. And then, um, yeah. I got like, you know, we're sharing Disney, stuff like that. So yeah. Oh, yeah. it's, um, you, you know, it's, it's a little bit up, but I think it's, you know, it's definitely going to, you know, spike up, you know, as we're, time goes by. It's going to rise eventually. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So um, outside of the money realm of things, let's, let's get into the UFC, what currently went down. So um, Jordan, you'll probably be able to look, tell me a little bit more detail about everything that went down this past week. Um, I know that we were supposed to have um, an event this past weekend, but like just days ahead, um, that it got canceled. Uh, anything you kind of have that you want to share about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think the UFC had a few events. I think the last one they had was uh, an event in Brazil. Um, it was Charles Oliveira versus Kevin Lee was the main event. And um, it was actually in front of a, a crowdless, you know, it was in a crowdless venue. Um, so it was very interesting just to, to hear every single little movement that the fighters were making. You could hear the guys breathing, which was interesting. interesting. You know, it was just dead yeah. silent. You could hear all the cornermen yelling, all the officials, you could hear it when somebody sneezed, you know? Um, so that was the last one they actually had, uh, but, but they had to cancel two smaller events, but the weekend that was for the weekend of April the 18th was supposed to be UFC 249. Uh, wow. So that was going to be uh, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson, uh, which is interesting because this is now the most cursed fight in UFC history because this is the fifth time this fight has fallen out. And it's, it's and a bit of a because well, it's one of it's been injuries, it's been you know weight cutting problems, people having to get hospitalized, things like that. So like last year, it was supposed to, or maybe 2018, I think it was 2019, it was supposed to happen. Um, but then Tony Ferguson tripped over some cables and tore his knee apart. So doing doing promotion, so just little things Crazy. like that. It's just a strange fight, a strange story surrounding the fight. Uh-huh. Um, so then Habib Nurmagomedov actually gets stuck in Russia because you know, and he can't fly out. This is the guy. This is the guy that fought bears and stuff growing up. Yeah, right? he, he wrestled bears <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, and he just notably beat uh, Conor McGregor. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, and the fight after that, that was like a crazy ending, yeah. right? Like a, Huge. when they get yeah. out of the stands. 
There was a fight in the auditorium. Yeah, he jumped over the cage, and Connor got hit by some of his teammates and things like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so interestingly enough, it's the most important lightweight title fight probably in UFC history, mm. and it's fallen through now probably a record five times, which is absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. So what they were going to do is have the fight in an undisclosed location. Nobody knew where it was going to be at, but then eventually, um, actually, what happened? Uh, a few people said it was like a senator that said something, so a senator of California. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, uh, I think, where it ended up, you know, uh, being revealed that it was going to be held. Uh, but it was actually a higher up at Disney. And yeah. since uh, Disney owns ESPN, mm-hmm. and now that, you know, UFC has this deal with ESPN for their broadcasting, they pulled the plug, unfortunately. So yeah. Dana White was doing everything he could to make it happen. Um, Habib got sidelined because he couldn't travel. So Justin Gaethje was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson. Um, and then they were also scrambling some other high, you know, high-profile fights for the card. Uh, but eventually, a couple of days ago, yeah, they had to announce that it was going to be the plug was going to be pulled. That's crazy. I, I did a little bit of reading up on it, and like you said, they were approached, or he Dana White was approached by like an executive or mm-hmm. you know multiple executives at Disney and yeah. ESPN. You know, since they go hand in hand, um, and they I, I think that kind of where they were looking was it would be a bad look if someone ended up getting diagnosed with something so, after this. Something like that. And they were the ones that took the risk, you know. So. Um, it would just been a bad look, but I know that right. they were talking about it was going to be held on a uh, on tribal land in Central California, and that was going to be how they avoided yeah. it was because this right. this Native American tribe they kind of have free reign yeah. over this uh, yeah, territory. So, of, so yeah, a loophole, a casino of sorts or something. Yeah, the uh, ultimate loophole, right? Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. He was he was doing what he could, but no, he was you know, nobody can nobody can fault Dana White. He was really trying his hardest and. And, and in the environment where no other sports, you know, uh, promotion is, is trying anything, mm-hmm. he was really giving it his best shot. He even um, was going to get something like a fight island. So, like, yeah. I think it was like some kind of Bruce Lee movie, I think. It, it was crazy. Freaking Enter um, the Dragon. Shit people out. Yeah, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. I love that he movie, was, man. He was going to have these people fighting on an island, man. So, he was, he was really doing his best. And, yeah. and it, it gave me a new respect for him. You know, I've always loved the UFC. I've always been a supporter of Dana White. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially uh, now, I have like a newfound respect for him because he was he was really doing the best he could. Yeah, he seems, he seems like a cool guy. I like the way oh, he yeah. kind of runs things. I think so too. Never met him, but you know. <laughs> I seen where um, WWE's been doing stuff here recently. Yeah. they've been they've been doing kind of it's it's been kind of weird the stuff I've seen. Like um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's pre-recorded matches, I believe. Like, where they're mm-hmm. not even – some of the fights weren't even in rings. Like, it was like they were fighting on right. top of a shed or something. Like, I don't know. It was, it was something odd. Yeah, something, something yeah. crazy. And, uh, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't have been – nothing like that with the UFC. It would have actually been still, you mm-hmm. know, in a cage. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think it could have worked if they would have, uh, you know, let let them try it. It's just, you know, when you're dealing with people at that high of a level – they just don't want things like that. Yeah. You know, D- Disney's already battling enough with, you know, shutting down sure. the parks because a lot sure. of people don't realize, you know, Disney owns a lot of stuff, but um, somebody brought it to oh, my yeah. attention. Uh, I heard it somewhere that um, these parks that they have make actually up um, like a third of their revenue, like the, all that tourism. Totally a huge amount. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, well, even though they have all that, they're, they're taking a big, big loss at the moment. You know, Disney Plus is helping out huge with the streaming, but, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. – Definitely makes sense. So the next fight is scheduled to happen, like right now, tentatively. When is the next one supposed to be? I'm actually not even sure. I think, think they. I want to say they said indefinitely. So they, they've suspended okay, so fights they, indefinitely. Just, yeah. But there, I think they were still like. I think I got an alert the other day that they were adding fights to 
a May May card. Mm-hmm. So May something in the teens of May. So maybe May 18th, for example, May okay. 17th or something. Right, um, so, so I think I think they have it canceled in May, but I'm it's not just sure. up in the I'm air. Not, it's up, up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So anything else you said? Like, uh, do you think that you know they're going to be able to? I mean, obviously they have Disney on the side now, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't think they're going to go out of business or anything. By no, yeah. No, I, I doubt they're going to go out of business. Um, I mean, because they have different things. I mean, they have that deal with ESPN. Um, so, I mean, they're they're even running, you know, fights on ESPN. Past so, matches. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Especially right now. They're showing. I've been, I've been liking that. I, I, that's one thing I've kind of, um, you know, it does get, a, I start to get a little older as another, you know, even right now I have NBA TV just in the background. They're, they're showing like oh, 100%. NBA games. I, I like yeah. seeing the old stuff, you know, it, it's 100%. Pretty cool. Do yeah. you think, do you think that there's a lesson to be learned from this that actually, I, I wonder what the ratings are on these old matches, these old games. And do you think that mm-hmm. these networks are going to pay attention to that and maybe um, start doing, you know, more reruns instead of trying new I think they really could. Time? I think they really could. Uh, the UFC's especially been good about that because they have, you know, every now and then you'll cut, you know, on ESPN or you cut on some kind of sports uh, channel and they'll have like top 20 fights or top 50 oh, yeah. fighters of all time, or, you know, top 10 matches, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I think maybe now if they're seeing that these are getting lots of, uh, this is getting lots of attention, maybe they will kind of capitalize on that. Maybe they'll do, you know, like specifically, you know, knockout shows. I mean, they have some of those, but maybe they'll do submissions. Maybe they'll do, you know, top 10 personalities, you know, little mm-hmm. things like that. Maybe they could, kind of uh, captivate that niche audience. But one thing that's really good, like you said, so you just, I mean, you're, you're a huge sports guy and I am yeah. too, I think, but you're, you know, a lot more than I am. Um, but I mean, so you have these sports center stations and things like that, these channels, and now you see UFC pop up, you know, and it's the only MMA organization that's really getting a ton of, a ton of attention on sports center. Right. I mean, it's the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to see guys that have never watched the UFC before. They've never watched any MMA before. They're yeah. going to see that on ESPN. They're going to see that on, you know, these sports center channels and things. And they're going to see that thing. And they're like, man, this is awesome. You know, when's the next day? Yeah. And when, when is this actually picking back up? I'm going to be so excited. I might even go to a fight if it comes to my town, you know? For real. I think that was his, I think that was his main goal when he was trying yeah. to keep this going was mm-hmm. if I'm the only guy that's 100%. doing this, yeah. that I can, there's, there's really a place where you can capitalize. Yeah. And, and you yeah. know, if, if any sport was able to kind of crack it, they they would benefit extremely from it, but the thing is, yep. there's a ton of risk that if Absolutely. something did go wrong, you look like yep. a jackass. So yep. you know that's that's where you kind of you kind of have to weigh it out. So Absolutely. I, I can definitely yeah. see where you know it's just it's a matter of how much risk you you know you're willing to take. One hundred percent. Yeah, so, and he's um, he's been a risky guy in the past, but yeah, yeah, he's he's not afraid to voice his opinions, and he, I think he's really not. No. It's starting to build up more as he's getting older yeah. too. He's just starting to let it he's, go. <laughs> so he's certainly one of the more outspoken guys. Yeah, exactly. So let's see. Do you want to move on to our top guys in each weight class? Let's do it. That should be all fun. All right. All right. So I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna let you be the first guy to kind of start this off. I want to start it off with like a good opinion versus me and my, sure, sure. you know, <laughs> my my limited <clears throat> opinions yeah. on these guys. So uh, let's see if we have any that match. I th- I'm pretty sure we probably will. But, you know, maybe maybe might, maybe, yeah, maybe one might. or two. Maybe I, I okay. just picked a couple guys. But uh, let's start it sure. off at flyweight. Okay. Yeah. So men's flyweight. Uh, my my two favorite guys to watch at flyweight uh, is a guy named Joseph Benavides. He's a uh, multiple time multiple uh, title challenger. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he's, he's probably one of the best guys to ever find the UFC without a title. Okay. Uh, and then you got Alexandre Pantoja. So he's actually an American top team guy. Uh, that's the gym that I'm affiliated with. 
uh, but he's out of the headquarters in uh, in Coconut Creek, Florida. But yeah, yeah, he's definitely a flyweight to keep an eye on. He's got great jujitsu, uh, great striking. He's definitely going to cause problems for a lot of guys. So this is so right now. To be fair, like right now, you're you're talking about your future guys, or are you talking about your favorite guys? Of all These are two of my favorite guys. Okay, so, so okay, he just kind of be yeah, he's, he's, sure. he's a little bit of overlap. Yeah. All right. So, um, anything else you kind of want to say about those two, or the like? Is that kind of what wraps them up? What make what makes them so? Like, are they are these guys more of your knockout guys, or your submission? Mm-hmm. Well, they're both. That's the fun thing. Okay. Um, so both of these guys have quite a few knockouts, and both of them have quite a few submissions. Um, uh-huh. Alexandre Pantoja probably has a bit more of a jiu-jitsu pedigree than Benavidez. Um, mm-hmm. If Benavidez submits somebody, it's going to be a guillotine. Um, okay. If Pantoja gets somebody, it could be a rear naked choke, it could be an arm bar, um, anything like that. They've both got great ground okay. games, but also pretty devastating uh, devastating striking games, too. Quite the repertoire there. Yeah, they're very All good. Right. They're very yeah. entertaining. And they're flyweight, so, so they're super fast. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. my guy, I, I was looking at like so my, onto my fly flyweight. I was mm-hmm. looking through like a list. I was noticing not any names that I've ever really sure. heard. So I just kind of picked a guy, um, and I, I <laughs> please feel free to add on to it. Um, sure. And, you know, he's one of the. He probably, I think he's the number one on the list. But Demetrius Johnson, I believe they call him the Mighty Demetrius Mouse. Demetrius Johnson, right? They yep. call him the Mighty Mouse. Yep. So I looked best to ever do it. Yeah. So the dude was 33 and one. So, you know, he was pretty dominant and I I looked up some of his highlights. He's a quick little guy, you know, um, you know, of course, like you said, they're all tiny, but you know, he was, it was just a quick dude. Um, Anything you want to add to him? I didn't really see, you know, yeah. No, Demetrius Johnson, he's arguably one of the best pound for pound fighters ever. If not, because he can do everything. Um, okay. The only knock on him is the level of competition. So, like you said it yourself, oh, yeah. you're looking at flyweights. You're like, eh, I don't really know too many of these guys. Seriously, really does. yeah. Unfortunately, um, but in, if you can look past that and just assume that these guys, I mean, because they're the best fighters in the world. If you're yeah. in the UFC, you're one of the best fighters on the planet. You know, guys or girls doesn't matter. Um, and so, with Demetrius Johnson, you can't fault him for that. He's no. had you know extremely consistent performances. He's actually. Um, I think he has the the record for most uh, most consecutive title defenses wow. um, ever in the UFC. So I, I don't know exactly the number. It was upwards of ten, though I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but even then, I think since then he's uh, in one championship. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. There was like a weird trade uh, for for Ben Askren, a guy named Ben Askren, who has since retired. Um, he came from one championship, and Dana White sent Demetrius Johnson over to one championship. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was like the first big MMA trade to ever wow. really happen. You know, like, like NBA teams and NFL teams, yeah. they'll do trades all the time. It was the first, like, um, you know, promotional, uh, you know, interpromotional trades of That's crazy. all of all May. So it was really I didn't even know that was like a thing, really. That's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't. Exactly. And it, it hasn't been done since. Um, oh, it didn't wow. go well for Ben Askren. He went one and two um, yeah. in the UFC and actually uh, got scored against him, the fastest knockout in UFC history. Ooh. So, yeah, it, it didn't go quite his way. But, Uh-oh. you know. Still memorable, nonetheless. You talking about Demetrius Johnson, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the criticism he draws from being in like a, uh, a, a, I guess you could say a bit of a diluted, you know, sure. group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, re- it really reminds me of how you uh, people used to talk about LeBron in the East. Yeah. You know, everybody used to always talk about, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, of course he's going to always be there. Of course he looks good. He's not yeah. playing anybody, all this kind of stuff. Or, exactly. Or, or I guess maybe some of, maybe even you could compare it to Clemson in the ACC or the, you sure. know, their conference 100%. in the ACC where they're not playing anybody, you know, so or, competition. Or at least yeah. that's what it looks like. So although you may be yeah. dominant, you know, you have to be able to like prove yourself at the highest level. I and mean, he actually yeah. did. So that's, you and know, you get like, these guys winning titles. Yeah. You know? 
It's hard speaks, to say. Speaks for itself. They're not. Speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see. On to bantamweight. Who's who's your guy? Yes. Or guys. I, 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 again, I have two more. I have oh, for Lord. men's bantamweight. I have a guy named Marlon Marais and a guy named Piotr Jan. Um, and I think these guys are actually scheduled to to fight each other. Um, so they're the top two guys, the Grimdale and Crimdale oh. division, um, with the champion currently being Henry Cejudo, uh, a guy who dethroned Demetrius Johnson. I've heard about that. Yeah, I've yeah. heard about that. He was an old wrestler, like he, like yeah, a college he was wrestler. an Olympic wrestler. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I think he won a gold medal in the Olympics, and that's his thing. He's Triple C, is what uh, he calls himself. Um, so he has an Olympic gold medal. He was the flyweight champion, and now he's the bantamweight champion of the UFC. Interesting. So he's got a huge cringe thing going. Uh-huh. On, but it works for him. And so Marlon Marias, um, he actually came from a place called World Series of Fighting. Uh, I think he lost his UFC debut by a very split, very close split decision to Rafael Asensio. Um, mm-hmm. But since then, he's looked absolutely unstoppable. Um, you know, he, he starches guys. He knocks guys out. He submits them. He's super fast. Uh, he did have lots of cardio, but he's shown some cardio issues recently. Mm-hmm. Um, super strong guy. Nobody really knows what to do with him. But then he ran into Henry Cejudo. He looked amazing in round one. Uh, but mm-hmm. then you can easily see him start to fade. And then Henry Cejudo took over. Um, yeah. And then Piotr Jan has just been a tank. He's from Russia. So he's I'm about to say, it sounds like a Russian name. Yeah, I think he's from Siberia, actually. So Ooh, who is from Siberia? Scary. You know? So, yeah, exactly. So he's just a tank. Uh-huh. He's basically, if you want to think of like a Terminator, but like only five foot four, that's that's who you got. It's, it's Piotr Jan. He's probably wrestled some bears in his time too, right? A hundred percent. You never really see much of his wrestling, but he's certainly got it. Yeah, he uh-huh. just he starches guys instead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my guy for the bantamweight is the California kid Uriah Faber, ah, and yes. I, the reason why I kind of picked him, I've actually you know growing up with you know if you, if you don't have a Jordan in your life, you know then you're probably not going to watch too much UFC. But I had a Jordan <laughs> right, in my right, life, right, you know, right. in high school, so <laughs> I, I would hear right. these names, and you know that's that's how I kind of. Uh, formed my opinions was on the stuff you would say and everything. I heard you talk about him quite a bit, watched some of his highlights. Uh, interesting dude, white guy with cornrows, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, yeah. it, it looked like this, he had this, uh, so it looked like he went to submission more than he did, you know, knockout, yeah. but he did yeah. have some knockouts. But, right. um, you know, quick guy. Um, what I kind of noticed was either, most of the time it was going to either be like a guillotine or um, like a rear naked choke, like with a hundred percent. Like where he would get on, he would get behind him and yeah. do like a figure four, absolutely like rear naked choke kind of. He's got combo, a few stage so. finishes. Yeah, yeah. So that, I thought that was you know you don't see that a whole lot. It's like a like a little you monkey, really you know, on the back, yeah. just choking him out. So. I think he's got his most notable his most notable one to me was a standing rear naked choke. I think it was against Ivan Minjavar uh-huh. back when the WEC was still a thing. So it got absorbed oh. by the UFC years ago I mean, this was probably like mm-hmm. better part of a decade ago um but uh yeah that was a great finish and speaking of uriah faber uh piotr Jan, the guy that i picked he just knocked out uriah faber no yeah so so it's uh uriah faber he's like semi-retired kind of uh-huh. not, kind of retired but we're, we're still trying to figure out what exactly he's gonna do uh, uh-huh. but he's he was definitely the one that brought all the attention that that is here now to the younger weight classes or the younger weight classes, the, the lighter weight classes. Yeah. Um, so he, he really gathered a lot of that attention. Cool. Yeah, he was, he was, so he, he was kind of like your, your McGregor, your outspoken sure. kind of like that. He was guy. a trailblazer. Okay, cool. Yeah, nice. absolutely. So let's see. What about your featherweight? Featherweight, Alexander Volkanovsky. He is okay. Australian, and he's currently, not to ride the bandwagon or anything, I liked him before he was cool. Uh, he's currently the featherweight champion. He just beat Max Holloway and a super, super close fight. Um, and they're probably going to run that one back. But he's, he's, a, he's an interesting case. He fights at 145, 
I think he's uh, on record of saying that he walks around probably around 165. So mm-hmm. it cuts about 20 pounds of weight. But the really interesting thing about him, he used to be a 214-pound rugby player Jeez. in Australia. Yeah. And so now he's – if you look at him waist up, he looks like a regular featherweight, right? Kind of strong, kind of bulky. You know, he's a Oh, but this guy. dude's got tree trunks for legs, don't he? Yeah, but he's got the, the legs of a 214-pound rugby player. Woo. So he's got insane – Amounts of power. He's got great grappling um, and just very, very fluid on his feet and, and just cardio for days. He's got the yeah. lungs of a guy that used to play rugby and, and be like twice his size. So Crazy. he's he's an absolute machine. I think he's going to be the champion for a long time. Sounds like a scary combo. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I bet you can kind of – you can probably already guess my guy, featherweight. Uh, I can already – I want to hear him. tell it. Connor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. That's you it. knew that was That's coming. I, I just like him. I've went and uh, I remember actually one of the first times I've watched a UFC fight, I was with you at Hooters and uh, yes. it was actually for a McGregor fight. The And I, yes. you know, I heard you talk about earlier the fastest knockout yep. in UFC history yeah. about the other guy, but this was a, the one we went and watched. I can't remember who it was against. Yeah. You have to re- refresh my memory. It was Jose Aldo. Yeah, but he knocked him yeah. out seconds into yep. it. Like it was just, it was, it was over before it even started, really. Yeah. And that funny was, you should mention that. That was, yeah, that was UFC 194. Um, he was the main event against Jose Aldo, and uh, uh-huh. he finished him in 13 seconds with one shot. It's so how fast was that other one that you were talking about? Uh, so the other one I was talking about with uh, Masvidal and Askren, uh-huh. uh, that one was five seconds. So Ooh, that's the fastest God. knockout in UFC history. It was the first flying knee. He, he ran Okay, at, okay. Masvidal you, ran you sent me that clip. Knee. You yes, sent me that 100%. clip. Okay. It was totally viral. Yeah. Yeah. But then, wow. yeah, so that was in a non-title fight. But uh-huh. Connor's knockout against Jose Aldo title. is the fastest uh, title fight finish. Wow! So and Aldo had never lost in the UFC up until that point. Yeah, he was talking. He was talking mad crap. He really 100%. was. He beat him before the fight even happened. Yeah. The uh, the the reason I love him, you know, obviously is the personality and everything. He, I feel like, you know, really kind of how people talk about Magic and Larry saved the NBA, mm-hmm. and then you know Jordan kind of kept it going in the nineties. Connor McGregor really kind of when the UFC didn't have that charisma, that personality, he really stepped in and he got, he had people watching. I remember I, I read up he a did. little bit about him. They, um, one of his, I think it was his first, was it his first title fight that they, they sold out. They literally sold out. Like it was the highest attended UFC that they had ever had something like that. And then something you know, like that. Yeah, it was like ninety-seven thousand folks in this. He's done. Arena. He's done a huge. He's done a huge bunch of gates for sure. Yes, um, and he, he's definitely. I think he's got like two of the top three highest selling pay per views of all time. It's crazy. They have Conor McGregor attached to him. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, just he's UFC. He's, he's going to dip his hand in the boxing. Remember, one hundred percent. That Lillard. was. Yeah. That was. Uh, and did you tune in to watch that? he had a little bit of a chance you know but um you know he, at yeah. the end of the day it's he you know he's fighting in you know mayweather's territory right so, right you know but what's interesting if you look at the stats he's hit he mayweather decent. more than any of his opponents that's crazy he landed yeah. more than pacquiao he landed more than Cotto. he landed more than canelo yeah he landed more shot uh shots on mayweather than anyone did so it's interesting yeah, he, he's a heck of an athlete, heck of a personality. He he really drew people in, made it fun, and right. you know got people interested in it. I, mm-hmm. th- I think that's very important. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, what about your lightweight? Uh, so, speaking of Conor McGregor, uh, recent loss of Conor McGregor was Habib Nurmagomedov, and the guy that was supposed to fight at UFC 248. Um, so that that's my pick for my favorite lightweight guy right now. Um, right. I'm a huge fan of grappling, so I'm a huge jujitsu buff. I love watching uh-huh. wrestling. 
our wrestling is nowhere near where I want it to be. Um, yeah. But someone that I would aspire to get my game to look more like, to emulate more, is mm-hmm. definitely Habib. So he's got this great mauling style. If you ever want to see someone get mauled, so like the embodiment of like a lion taking down like a gazelle or something like uh-huh. that in, in nature, this is the guy that's going to get you the closest to that in human form. He takes people down. He just he absolutely mauls them. That's the only way you can really think about it. He wraps up your legs. He'll, he'll grab the back. He'll grab the arm from the back. It's an old, old school wrestling technique. And he uh-huh. just pounds you into, obliv- into oblivion and then he submits you. So Ooh. there's nothing anyone has been able to do yet. He's 28 no. Uh huh. Yeah. There's just nobody's been able to do anything with him. I got you. That that was actually the guy I chose. And uh, oh, I've heard it. I've heard you talk about him enough. That's our first Bingo. one that we've actually agreed on. So yep. that's pretty Look cool. We knew it was going to um, happen. Yeah, yeah. The, the beast. 28 no. Speaks for yeah. himself. I've heard you talk about him. I remember there was one specific story that you kind of told me about where there was a mi- in the middle of a fight, you could hear him say something in Russian. And it was quite creepy. Like, I remember, like, it, yeah. it was something that was just like, oh, my God. He might yep. kill this guy. He was, like that. Yeah. He, he, he's, he was talking to Connor in his fight with Connor as well. But uh, I think the, the one that you're talking about is against Michael Johnson. I think that's. Um, yeah. Which, funny enough, that was at UFC 205, which Connor McGregor was headlining. And so mm. after the fight, he, he had that famous uh, quote. Uh, Khabib was like, let me fight your chicken. He was talking to, the, to Dana White. He was talking to basically UFC management. He was like, uh-huh. let me fight Connor. He was calling for him back then. Uh, but he was talking to Michael Johnson while he was pounding him. He was saying, you have to give up. This is my, my fight. This is my win. I'm, I'm the next champion. You have to give up. So he was telling the guy to give up as he was pounding yeah. his face. Yeah, so it's, he's a different animal. He's a different kind of darkness for sure. You ain't kidding. All right, so moving on to welterweight. Who do we got yep. here? I love Masvidal. I love Jorge Masvidal. Um, uh-huh. I love his resurgence, man. He's, he's had a very long career. He's got – I want to say he's got 48 fights in total. I want to say he's something around maybe 49. He's somewhere around the area of 36 wins and 13 losses. Um, but he's had a resurgence as of late. He's been knocking guys out. He's been having amazing fights. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's beaten the likes of uh, Nate Diaz, Ben Askren recently, Darren Till, when Darren Till was streaking. Um, so he's just been a great guy. And I actually met him. I actually met him at Cole Miller's gym, um, the, the grand opening of Cole, Cole Miller's uh, Martial Arts Academy and Warner Robins of all places. Really? Um, so, yeah, met Masvidal. He's a, he's a super nice guy, I, as is Cole Miller. He's a great guy, too. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so is this like a he's a younger guy? He's kind of like coming up in the uh, – No, he's, he's been around for quite some time. Okay. He's, uh, he's got to be about 35 years old now, I'd say. Wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, so my guy is – you know, that I've heard you talk about him quite a bit as well. A lot of these are going to have a common denominator. Uh, George St. Pierre. Yeah. Uh, twenty six and two, yeah, GSP. Love him. So, uh, He's yeah, the goat. Yeah, now he would he would pop the piss out of people. I'm, I'm watch some of his highlights. You know, just pounding them. So, um, you know, what really stood out to you when you used to watch? You grew up watching. Man, uh, it gives me goosebumps to think about watching George St. Pierre fights. Uh-huh. Man. Um, he's he's one of my absolute favorite guys ever, especially to watch. You know, that he's, he's he was. No respect, him, but he was like he embodied what it really was, what it really meant to be a martial artist to me. Um, but the way he would analyze guys, he would he would pick sometimes what you're really good at, and he would just smoke you with that. Uh-huh. But at the same time, what was really interesting about George Saint Pierre as well was that if he rematched someone, so say you had a really close fight, or maybe he even lost the first time, so he had rematches against guys like Matt Hughes, actually fought him three times, um, mm-hmm. guys like Matt Serra, guys like Josh Koscheck, BJ Penn. He fought these guys more than once. First fight was maybe somewhat close. Maybe he even lost. The second fight, or maybe the fight even after that, nowhere near yeah, close. Yeah, but I say, what even close? He, 
absolutely. So he learns a hundred percent. He just is a completely different fighter in a rematch, cool. but a lot of the times he didn't even read it, need a rematch. He was almost as close to perfect as you could get as a fighter. Crazy stuff. Yeah. So let's see next up middleweight. Middleweight. Uh, this is kind of a bandwagon pick too, maybe, but let the record show. I was watching him before he even came to the UFC uh, when he was a mm-hmm. lot heavier into kickboxing. Uh, Israel Adesanya. So the last time. I've player. heard of that guy now. I I've love him. ESPN did a little piece on him. Yep. I absolutely love him. So he's yeah. a um, He starts Robert Whitaker, who I love as well. I, I couldn't pick who I wanted to win that fight. So it was uh-huh. emotional. Sure, for me. I mean, seeing Whitaker get knocked out. But seeing Adesanya raised to that level of prevalence was just amazing. Um, and then he fought Yoel. He had kind of a stinker against Yoel Romero. That's that's um, the most recent one, right? That's the one yes. yeah, I was about to say. Okay. That was the last pay-per-view card that has aired. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, it, was, it was kind of slow. But how else are you going to fight Yoel Romero? He's an absolute tank. He's an absolute uh-huh. murderer. Um, so I think Adesanya fought him very intelligently. Um, and he's also going after John Jones. I think he's going to fight a guy named Paulo Costa, who's also another true. Um, but he's uh, end all be all. I think his goal is to beat John Jones, um, who is the best two fiver to ever live. Probably the best yeah. fighter to ever live, and that's going to be interesting. I love that's this it. That's if guy. we that's if we get to see that day. Uh, if we get I to mean, see it, but yeah. say I, I mean I may not know a whole lot about UFC, but I know that John Jones he just can't seem to really stay out of trouble. I mean, yeah. it's one thing after another with the guy recently. Um, yeah, he had a DWI. You know, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean like the, the dude's been in, in and out of trouble. For God knows how long. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we'll be seeing yeah. that or not. That'd be nice, though. It'd be nice. It would be nice if he could get out of his own way. I would really love to see that fight. Yeah. I love Adesanya, my favorite guy. So, uh, my guy, Anderson Silva, of course. Yes. So, I'm, I'm naming all, like, the Wonderful. legends and stuff. You're naming more of, like, the – It's okay. The, it's okay. Guys. We need but both that's of them. good. We don't have to yeah. agree on everything. That's, that's we great. We want to talk about both. Yeah, yeah so, uh, so, Anderson Silva, I've seen a little bit of his stuff. Obviously, I remember that uh, that nasty – it was him that broke his leg, correct, on that uh, – uh, Yes, unfortunately. That, that check. Yeah. yeah. Woo, mm-hmm. that, was, that was messed up, man. It was um, terrible to watch. It was gruesome. Ah, Lee, you ain't kidding. But, uh, dude was – Always a guy that I would hear about, you know, you'd see him on the billboards, you'd see him in the commercials when they were talking about pay-per-views, things like oh, that. Yeah. So, um, you know, couldn't help but know that, you know, he was a, you know, a big name in the UFC and that, you know, he knew what he was doing and uh, fought really well. Um, 34 oh, yeah. and 10. So, I mean, that kind of shows you, you know, whenever you fight yeah. 44 matches, you've been around for a while, right? You, you right, know, you've right. a good bit. Yeah, and it's his record is it's a bit misleading because those have been he's had a lot of losses recently. Yeah, uh, but when he was the goat, when he was Anderson Silva of old, when he mm-hmm. was the number one pound for pound fighter in the world, finishing Absolutely. guys like no one's ever finished people, he was more around the lines of like thirty six and four. They called him the insane. spider, the spider, the spider. Yeah, yeah he would he would do everything. He would use uh-huh. his entire body. He was long. He was linky. He was deadly from anywhere. Yeah, crazy stuff. So let's oh, see yeah. here, uh, light heavyweight. Yes. So, uh, again, I have two picks for this one. Sometimes uh, I just can't pick uh, between two guys. So, Alexander Gustafsson, he's a Swedish uh, I've heard fighter. that one. Yeah. He's one, of the, he's one of the most prominent Swedish guys to ever fight in MMA, I mean, let alone the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, he's, he's challenged John Jones twice. Um, he also fought Daniel Cormier for the title. So, he, he came up short three times, but had two very close fights with Jones and Cormier, respectively. Um, the second fight against Jones was a bit of a wash. Um, but he's had a, a huge ton of success against guys not named John Um, But then you have a guy named Tiago Santos as well. He's a relatively newer guy in terms of prevalence, but he's been around for a little while. 
Um, he used to fight at 185, was kind of draining himself to get down to that weight, so had mixed results. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ever since moving up to 205, he's been starching guys, and he's looked amazing. He had a really close fight with John Jones. A lot of people even thought that he won. Um, so that wow. was last year. So that was a decision. Um, yes, it was a split okay. decision. And the funny thing was, he blew out his entire knee in the first round. Yuck. His, his ACL, his MCL. His, uh, he blew oh. out everything. It was like there was an explosion oh, in his leg, no. his knee. And he still fought John Jones to a split decision. Sheesh. So it's, it's very interesting to see if they run that one back, what happens if he uh-huh. doesn't have an explosion in his kneecap. Now, how long did he take to recover from that? Uh, he still hasn't fought. Um, oh, I got to say. Yeah, yeah, he still hasn't fought. And that was in July of last year. It's going to take a hot um, minute if you tore everything. Yeah. So hopefully we see him after all this quarantine stuff is over, after all this yeah. nonsense is, is out of the way. So he actually just recently had a kid, or he uh, revealed that he is having a kid. So okay. Good we'll see him. if that keeps him out for a bit longer. Congrats. Yeah, good on him, for sure. Absolutely. Congratulations, yeah. Tiago Santos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, the, so that was your two guys, or? Yeah, two guys. Okay. Two all right. All right. So mine, classic name here. Watched a uh, 30 for 30 on him not too long ago. Me and Dad did. So um, he's still, you know, heavy on the mind. Uh, Chuck Liddell, an OG. The Iceman. Uh, I knew it was yeah, coming. I knew it was coming. Chuck Liddell. That's Grew a classic. about that guy. You know, everybody knows the Mohawk, yep. the white dude with the Mohawk, the Iceman. Um, you know, the 30 for 30 really revealed a lot, you know, about – it was really – it focused mm-hmm. about him and Tito, uh, about how yeah, they 100%. interacted, the origin mm-hmm. of the UFC. It was really cool yeah. from all, you know, standpoints and everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, it kind of went into – you know, like, because uh, Tito for a while, he was the face of the UFC. He, he was. He was, a, you know, mostly known for being a wrestler, uh, but not mm-hmm. as much of a, you know, a striker. And, you know, being able right, to right. fight, you know, stand up. Like, it was it was mostly, like, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong here, but it was mainly, you know, on the ground. He would win most of his stuff, kind of, for the most part. A bunch of ground and pound. Okay, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, totally. um, so, then Chuck Liddell comes up in the ranks. They are in the mm-hmm. same training regimen. And uh, Dana White was in the presence of uh, both Tito and Chuck Liddell. He, you know, they, they were told to spar each other. I think Chuck yeah. – they, they said Chuck Liddell hit him a couple times and it was OV. And uh, yeah. Dana said that he just thought to himself, and this is the guy that I have, you know, representing the, the company, you know. So then yeah. that's when Chuck Liddell started coming up and it became like yep. a feud. Them two lasted for God mm-hmm. knows how long. But kind of like how you said about Anderson Silva, the dude hung around longer than he probably should have. He was way too old to be oh. fighting toward the end. And, um, oh, it's heartbreaking. You know, you, you got to know when to quit. You really do. You got to know You're when to quit. And that, that's for every athlete, not even, not even just UFC. You got to know anybody, when to stop. For because anybody. At, at one point or another, you're going to end up doing something. It's going to either tarnish your, yep. you know, everything 100%. you've done. And, uh, you know, they ended up going on to do um, – it wasn't even UFC. It was some other mixed martial arts company. Yeah. Uh, they, who is it? it Golden was... Gloves Entertainment, right? It's, Golden uh, Boy. Golden Boy. Um, yeah, it was Oscar De La Hoya's, uh, De La Hoya's attempt at an MMA organization. Yep, yeah. and it and it was boo boo. They said they said it was trash. So well, um, Chuck Liddell just he's so far past his prime. Slow you know, I, and God God bless not, the man. He God bless him. He's but going he through can't so take much a shot crap. to save his life. No, yeah. it, it, you know, it, you know, battling, you know, alcoholism and whatever God knows sure. what else, you know, he's done. I think he was on cocaine way back in the day. Yeah, he, he, he was the ice man. Yeah. For real, like you know, because that's you know, at one at some point that that becomes their lives, you know, and it's hard 100%. to get that up. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah Chuck Liddell becomes who they are. 
like to remember him for the prime, for everything he for did he good, was. and you know, really Absolutely. what he truly embodied. So yeah, Chuck Liddell's for my being the trailblazer that he was. That's right. And uh, oh, so yeah. let's see, heavyweight. Heavyweight. I actually have three guys, and for oh, three different reasons. Yeah, him, man. I, I love him, man. I, love, I, I can't pick him. I can't pick between. Okay. Right. So Stipe Miocic, the oh. best consensus. Oh, do you have him too? Yep, got him. Go ahead, cover. Let's do it. Go ahead, cover. Okay, go ahead we could just we could just go we'll hard on Stipe. So he's yeah. Do what? We'll cover them both. Yeah. So he's he's the best heavyweight to ever do it. I mean, mm-hmm. he's it's kind of weird when you look at it because there are um, the record for conse- uh, consecutive title defenses at heavyweight is three. Mm-hmm. You know, so there've only been three title defenses back to back to back, and Stipe's the guy to do it. Wow. Um, and part of that is because one shot can change the entire fight in a heavyweight fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just such a such a you know, tumultuous division where it's like so volatile because one shot can just change the entire fight. And Stipe has been able to, to stay at top of that division for quite some time. Um, so he had that great fight against uh, Nganu. So he, he really kind of dismantled the destroyer that Nganu was coming up. And then he lost his title to, uh, to, uh, to DC, to Daniel Cormier, but then had that great second fight with Daniel Cormier and finished him. So mm-hmm. now he's regained his title. Just one of the best, if not the best heavyweight to ever do it. Yeah. Um, and then Francis Ngannou, an absolute destroyer. I want to say he's from the Cameroon. Um, has only been doing mixed martial arts in, in, in general for, gosh, the better part of like maybe five years, I think is what is the crazy statistic on that. Yeah. So now he's already challenged for the UFC title. And he was supposed to fight at UFC 249 against a guy named Jorginho Rosenstroy, who is also a heavyweight up-and-comer guy. Um, but absolute dynamite in this guy's hands. Probably the hardest hitting fighter competing in the UFC, if not MMA in general. Wow. Um, Francis Ngannou is his nickname is the Predator, and he's a predator. He is uh-huh. an absolute predator. He, he, he lives up to the name, and he destroys people absolutely. Um, but then third, maybe a little bit of a curveball uh, based on his performances lately. But he's an OG guy, Junior right. Dos Santos. Ah, the okay. Gano, Heard the Gypsy. Before. He's, he's my guy, man. I, I, he was one of my favorite fighters when I first started watching. Mm-hmm. Um, just his boxing has always been phenomenal. He's always been a lean, uh, a little bit of a taller. I mean, he's like 6'4". Yeah. Uh, but he's always fought at like 230, 240. So he's always been a leaner, quicker heavyweight. The lower end of the heavyweight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with extremely fast hands and just insurmountable power. He knocked out Cain Velasquez back in the day. He's knocked out a who's who, Mirko Kuroka. He's knocked mm-hmm. out just about anybody that you can. Um, came onto the scene Starching for his overdue, um, has beaten Stipe. He uh, recently oh, wow. lost to Aganu, but um, you know he's he's had a bunch of great fights, and he's he's one of the best heavyweights to ever do it. Awesome, yeah. So my, my pick was also Stipe. So ah, main yeah. reason I picked him, I've heard you talk about him so yep. much. You he's a monster. Him nineteen and three, so you know super dominant. consistent. So uh, yeah, that was my pick. Not too much to add mm-hmm. on. I think you covered him pretty well. But hey, I tried, man. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So let's see. So on to the next category and that's kind of naming out the the future guys that you think that we should be on the lookout for that we're going to be hearing about for the coming years absolutely um so i'll, I'll kind of bring this out of the two into two parts if i can um so mm-hmm. just like up and coming prospects to keep an eye on mm-hmm. and then guys that have maybe been around for a while that are hitting their stride now oh, and wow, that you should okay. just that standouts typically or, or oh. basically of each division um so i want to start it out by um going over the prospects so the brightest stars that i see right now uh, I'll start with Amanda Hebus. Um, she's actually a Brazilian. Uh, I want to say that she's a strawweight. Uh, she actually fights at 115. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an absolute monster. So she's fighting out of American top team. I'm um, trying not to be too biased, but she's out of the headquarters yeah. in, in Coconut Creek, Florida. 
Uh, but yeah, she's an absolute monster. So she has great stand up, great jujitsu. Um, she's actually a, a star pupil of Pahupa. Um, so he's, uh, he's the uh, jujitsu instructor down there in the coconut Creek. And uh, I've actually been to two of his seminars. Super great guy. Cool. Couldn't be any nicer. He's, he's maybe like one thirty, but he only fights super heavyweights in jujitsu. So that tells you a little bit about him. Yeah. And then, so that can also he ain't show afraid. you a little he bit. He ain't scared. He ain't afraid. He ain't uh-oh, scared. Uh-oh. My man's just doesn't care. No. And that kind of shows you a little bit about Amanda Hebos as well, because she's one of his star guys or star uh, standouts, star fighters. Mm-hmm. And she's an absolute monster. Keep an eye on her for sure. She had over for days. She's recently shown that she can go all three rounds. Um, she so can she, finish girls. If you had to uh, compare her to like um, an, another female fighter, Ooh. would it be more like, you know, a Ronda Rousey or a mm-hmm. Cyborg or, or who, who would you really? That's interesting. Um, I would say if she, or she, to, or is she kind of like a, you know, a unicorn, is she kind she of, like is a, a bit of a unicorn, guy? honestly, man, because a lot of the times you see people specialize, uh, especially uh-huh. with women's MMA, because it's not been around a ton. So it hasn't had a lot of evolution yet, uh, but uh-huh. now had evolution super quickly because of man, Anna Nunez, absolute yeah. monster. One of the best yeah. fighters, regardless of gender, she is an absolute monster. I love watching Amanda Nunez fight. Um, but yeah, Amanda Heba, she's like you said, she's a bit of a unicorn, man. She can do everything. Um, you have Ronda Rousey, who's been a standout, obviously, with her judo and her submission game. Yeah. Um, but then you saw that come crushing down when she got, you know, in that cage with, with Amanda and also Holly Holm. Yeah. Uh, but then you see girls like Joanna Yonjajic, who is the uh, strawweight champion for quite some time. She's been a specialist and a purist in striking. But then you have a girl like Amanda Hebus who can do both. And she mm-hmm. can also – a lot of the times you see the problem. So you'll see people that have good jiu-jitsu and good striking, but they don't have that in-between. They don't have that ability to get the ground – get the fight to the ground. Like to actually get the person down. So takedowns are a huge thing. And pressure is a huge thing. But Amanda Hebos has all of that. So she can do just about anything. Um, okay. So another big uh, up-and-coming young fighter is Edmund Shabazian. He's actually a 185-er. Um, uh, speaking of Ronda Rousey, it's funny how everything's kind of, you know, working out here. Yeah. Uh, he actually trains under her head coach. Um, wow. Edmund Taverdian, I want to say is his name. Uh, so you got Shabazian under that guy. And he's been he's, – he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. He's, he's got a few knockouts already, um, and he's – I want to say he's like 21. He's like 22 oh, maybe. He's got a lot of room guy. to grow. A lot of room to grow, yeah. physically and, you know, metaphorically in his game. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are my two, like, up-and-coming guys that no, maybe nobody really knows too much about. Uh, and when I say guys, I mean girls too. Just fighters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody. Just, just for everyone out there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so – but also guys that have for a while uh, but have really come into their own. Um, Charles Oliveira, I mentioned him earlier. Um, he, he fought on the, uh, the last card against a guy named Kevin Lee. Uh, great stand-up, but an even better submission game. I think he has the most submissions in the UFC history. Um, so he's an absolute, absolute uh, dynamo right now. So keep an eye on that guy. Dan Hooker from New Zealand. Uh, an absolute, his nickname is The Hangman, oh. and he lives up to it, man. He is violent. He is absolutely violent, and he will do just about anything he has to do to win that fight. He's got submissions. He's got striking. He's got super – he's got a lot of reach. He actually fought at featherweight, so he uh, was at 145. But he's like six foot. I want to say he might be six foot one. Uh-huh. So he's on the taller end for – He's on the taller the end, weight class. yeah. Okay. And he's lanky, yeah. So he's got, he's got a great game. Uh, uh-huh. Michael Chiesa, uh, he's a guy at 170 uh, that also fought at 155. So he went up. A lot of the times we're seeing guys recently um, go from one weight class up to another and finding more success than they had in that lower weight class. Um, so Michael Kies is another guy like that. Great jujitsu, 
Um, that, that's probably the biggest part of his game, but his striking is definitely coming too. And large guy, big, big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, super fun to watch too. It looks like Sasquatch. It's fun. Long hair, long beard, fun guy. Uh, Gilbert Dorino Burns uh, is also at Walter Wake. He's uh, probably one of the biggest peers in terms of jiu-jitsu in the UFC. He's got a lot of grappling titles. So in the jiu-jitsu world, he's a huge name. When he's not fighting, like every weekend that he's not fighting in the UFC, he's fighting in a jiu-jitsu event. He's insane. Okay. He's probably the most the most. So he's just very most competitive? Or, 100%. Or, or is yeah. this mainly like he's trying to get that bread? You know, what, what probably, is, both, both. probably both. Yeah, but yeah. he's a competitor, dude. He is an absolute competitor. He shows okay. up game no matter who he's fighting. Uh-huh. Um, it, whether it's in jiu-jitsu or whether it's in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got have a guy named Alexander Rockich. He's also a prospect, so I, sh- I should say that. Um, Alexander Rockich. He's in the uh, uh, 205, so he's at uh, the, in the light heavyweight division. Um, recently had a super impressive head kick knockout over Jimmy Manuel maybe a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, really kind of came onto the scene with that. So a super explosive guy, super tall, super consistent, really good, really good guy to keep an eye on. Um, but last but not least, in the heavyweight division, he's kind of my dark horse, Alexander Volkov, super Russian guy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like Ivan. I think his nickname is actually Drago. So he's very much like, oh. a, like an Ivan Drago type character. Um, he's been around forever. He used to fight Bellator, I believe. Uh, but he's recently come over to the UFC. He's cut his teeth there. He's got over 40 fights already. Um, he's kind of up there in age, but he hasn't slowed down a bit. Uh, recently mm-hmm. just fought Greg Hardy in a last-minute replacement fight. Everybody remembers um, him, the what the yeah. defensive end from the Carolina Panthers. 100%. The yeah, he's now the man. <laughs> yep, and he was, he was supposed to fight on this card, too. This card mm-hmm. just got canceled. Um, but, yeah, Alexander Volkov just beat him. Um, kind of took it easy against him, just wanted to get the win. Super, you know, um, last minute. So it might have been the week of. Uh, he had to fight uh, Greg Hardy. So, uh, How's he been doing? Just, how, how has Hardy been? Like, Greg overall? Hardy's been doing well um, okay. outside of a few hiccups. Uh-huh. So in his first fight, I believe he lost by disqualification. So he need the guy when the fighter was down. And he can't do that. Yeah, so he got yeah. disqualified. Um, but then he had a couple of legit wins. I think maybe one or two. And then actually he messed up again a second time. Um, in between rounds, he used his asthma inhaler. His coach gave him his inhaler. He took a couple puffs, went out there and fought the other round and won. But then you can't be doing that, though, can you? You can't do that. There's an absolute violation. And so after the fight, they were like, dude, what are you doing? This is now a known contest. You you couldn't have done that. That's not in the rules. Uh-huh. That's a clear violation of the rules. And Interesting. So they overturned that win to a contest, and he's just lost to Volkov. Uh-huh. Um, but he's got a bright future, man. I, yeah. You know, big dude. I, Big dude, also very athletic, also a very good learner. He's a mean. very good listener, very good. He's got learner. that mean, mean. Dude. Yeah. When you look at that guy's eyes, there uh-huh. it's there's like there is turmoil behind those eyes, man. Yeah. There's absolute just darkness behind that dude's eyes. Yeah. And Anybody that'll throw their girlfriend onto a bed of guns is <laughs> he's a different kind of guy, different you. animal, yeah. different animal. Yeah, and so yeah, sure. this, uh, honestly, man, being completely objective, this is probably the absolute best fit for him. In terms uh-huh. of sport, I bet. football was great. MMA yeah. is your MMA is your move. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I think I think he he made a good move for that. Yeah, I think he did too. Yes. So that kind of does that like your is that your pull yeah, list? That wraps right. up my favorite guys and my um, and my standouts and prospects. All right. So I got a little trivia question here for you. I just thought it'd be sure. fun to throw throw a little quick question at you. So Let's George Saint Pierre, he lost his mm-hmm. first title defense to who? Ooh, first title defense. Okay, let me riff on this one for a second. Okay, go um, ahead. Think it out. Think through it. I know there was Matt Serra. I know there was also Matt Hughes. Okay. Um, God, man, who did he? 
I didn't take the title from. I want to say he took the title from Matt Hughes. Okay. But I don't know if he did. Oh my God. So these these are all took place before I right before I started watching. Okay. So I really started watching when right did around you start? UFC one hundred. And what that was what year? That was July of two thousand and nine, if my memory serves me. Okay. Yeah, this so was, was a long time ago. T- I'll give you a hint. It's mm-hmm. two years before when you before started. Before that. Mm-hmm. So who did he lose his first title defense to? You know yes. what? I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to guess Matt Sierra. And you guessed right. Let's go. Yeah, there you go, man. Let's go. Got to give you a little prize. Absolutely. Then he absolutely demolished him in the rematch. Okay. He well, finished him go. with knees. Like you said, he learns from his mistakes and he comes he back stronger. Does. That's awesome. Yep. So uh, so congratulations on that. And man, thanks, now man. we are entering into our last, uh, last little talking point. And um, I brought up to Jordan the idea of, um, you know, giving like I did with my dad. Uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, giving some movie recommendations to you guys. I know everybody's, yes. in, um, you know, in shelter in place right now. I've been watching some movies. I'm mm-hmm. sure Jordan's been watching some movies. So um, I'll start this one off. Uh, the movie we watched, I uh, went and watched my girlfriend and her family the other day, uh, Knives Out. And, man, it was it was a blast. I, I really liked the, uh, the the cast. The story was very good. It's a, it's a whodunit kind of movie. So you're trying to piece together – uh, these little bits and pieces um, of the story's whole and try to figure out, you know, ultimately there's a murder and you're trying to figure out kind of who did it. And, you know, there's different, well, in a sense, you, you're trying to figure it out. I'm not going to you know, spoil it for anybody because you'll, you'll really right, enjoy this right. if you give it a I chance it. here. <laughs> it's funny. It's got some good humor. Like I said, good acting, overall great story, uh, good moral to it and everything like that. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it for you guys. I think it's yeah. just a shade over two hours. So yeah, not too long either. And what a great cast too, right? I mean, yeah, Daniel yeah. Craig, you got Chris Evans. Uh-huh. Um, what's her, what's her yeah. name? Um, started with um, uh, Halloween and Freaky Friday and all that. It's um, not um, – I got oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher that name. I don't think I got it. Okay. I don't think Shoot. I have it. I can't remember it either. I'll, I'll look it up while you're doing yours. Yeah. Okay. What's your, what's yeah, your so movie? movie? What's your movie? My movie that I think a lot of people should watch uh, is View for Vendetta. Um, so it, it's a great, it's a great movie. Uh, it's almost kind of dystopian, so it might freak you out a little bit right now. Um, they have, I think, one of the main talking points is basically it takes it takes place in Europe. Uh, so I think at this point, I don't know what year. Um, might even be twenty twenty. I think they might have got it kind of on the head. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, I'm not oh, sure wow. if you remember the year it was in. I'll look it up. Place in, yeah. But um, it's supposed to be so, like, the U.S. kind of made some big mistakes, and they've almost become basically like a no-man's land in the U.S. or something like that. So a very dystopian society. Um, uh-huh. But also in Europe, uh, there have been um, human rights violations. There have been, you know, human testing of, of chemicals and, you know, different kinds uh-huh. of weapons and things like that. And then you got the main character, V, um, who just kind of brings light to all these problems and kind of wants to, you know, down with the establishment in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wants to out the uh, the current government and things like that because it's all super upped. And uh, Natalie Portman plays a great character. I'm not even sure who plays V, but I uh, probably should know. But um, yeah, Natalie Portman does well. Um, it's all just, it's it's a very interesting movie. It's food for thought, and uh, it's just very entertaining overall. Yeah. So uh, the year um, that the plot is taking place is 2032. 2032. Okay. Uh huh. And then V is Hugo Weaving. That's right. So I don't right. um, really not very familiar with uh, some of his past works. Yeah, me either. Vendetta I just remember Matrix, 
Uh, apparently, he's in Captain America, Lord of the Rings, Axel Richie. He's got quite a okay. He's done a lot. Yeah, quite a quite a resume. And then the uh, the actress we were thinking of earlier that we couldn't quite put our name on or put a put a finger on was uh, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. So okay. yeah, you know, of course, you know an OG. And then right. also in it there was um, Tony Collette. She is in Hereditary. I want to okay. say. And uh, Don Johnson, and then Jaden Martell, and I believe he is on um, it, the It movies. So, okay. oh yeah, and then also okay. Lakeith Stanfield, he's on Atlanta, the show Atlanta, and he was also in okay. um, Get Out. He was the one that dropped yeah, the film, okay. Get, get, okay. get Out, movie. you know? Yeah, yeah. So big movie. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah, good, good movie recommendations, I'd say. Uh, so with that, we're going to wrap it up. Anything else you kind of want to say, Jordan, to the to the people out there? Uh not a ton, man. Just um, you know, uh, stay vigilant, man. And stay in all this, you know, um, work out, go for a walk if you can, you know, mm-hmm. um, don't hang out with your grandparents, but give them a call, you know, it's Easter and stuff go. like that. So, so make sure you're staying in touch with everybody and also just get in touch with yourself, you know, kind of just uses maybe some time for reflection if you can, um, maybe fix some issues that are going on in your life. I'm trying to, you know, be as objective as I can use this time for some reflection. So yeah. something like that, man, come out of this with a, with a positive. Yeah. Do you have any um, Twitter handles, Instagram handles you can kind of pass out there? Um, I'm not really too active on Twitter, uh, but I do like Instagram a lot. It's just Jordan Lane Meadows spelled out, uh, and that's L-A-Y-N-E. Okay. All together. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening in. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast, and you can give our Twitter page a follow at uh, the TGAL Podcast. So uh, feel free to give us a uh, subscribe, like, share it with your friends, especially those that like UFC and everything for today's episode. And uh, we'll see you again soon.